0: Hello, my name is Jeff Varrell, and this is the fifth in our series of podcasts in which we talk about topical technology issues in the 5G and satellite industry. You can also read or download a written version of these talks from our website, rttonline.com. This month, we're going to talk about servers in space, or what we call dot space, or above the cloud computing exploring the profound impact that technology and commercial innovation is having on the satellite sector and how this influences the 5G business model and 5G financial viability. At a 3GPP technical standards group meeting in March this year it was agreed that a 5G and non-terrestrial networks study will be produced as part of the 3GPP release 15 standards process. The participating companies in the group include TALIS, Inmarsat, Ligado, formerly Light Squared, Motorola, the Indian Institute of Technology and the Airbus Group, the manufacturing partner for OneWeb. The work programme is scheduled to start in August. It could be argued that this initiative is latent modest in scale, but at least it has started the process of raising awareness of the positive contribution that the satellite industry can and will make to 5G delivery economics. The 5G community remains remarkably unaware of the transformational technology and commercial change that is taking place in the satellite industry and the ways in which this transformation will change the way in which vertical markets, including vertical IoT markets, will be serviced over the next 30 years. Today there are approximately 1,300 fully operational communications satellites in near-space orbits including GSO satellites 35,000 kilometres medium-earth orbit satellites at 10,000 kilometers and low-earth orbit satellites between 350 and 1,200 kilometers. The MEO satellites include GNSS, that's GPS, GLONASS, BIDU and Galileo and L-band, and the SES-O3B orb const- constellation, a combination of the O3B MEO constellation and SES-GSO. The LEO satellites include Iridium in L-band and Globalstar in L-band and S-band and Orbcom, VHF. The RF bandwidth available from these satellites scales from a 1MHz duplex passband, that would be all common, the VHF band, to a 10MHz duplex passband, that's a L-band, to passbands of 3GHz from high throughput KU-band and KA-band GSO transponders. In Marsat Global Express and Intelsat EPIC and SES2 are three examples. All of these operators are currently upgrading their constellations to deliver more RF power and enhanced functionality. The Iridium Next constellation, for example, uses the strong Doppler signature from each satellite, a function of the 27,000 km orbital speed, high flux density relative to GPS and absolute time reference atomic clock reference distributed across the Iridium inter-satellite switch matrix to provide the GNSS independent Iridium satellite time and location system. The clock reference allows terrestrial mobile devices to combine GPS-GNSS independent positioning with accurate dead reckoning. In parallel, the new sats, that's OneWeb SpaceX, with Tesla founder Elon Musk as a founding investor, SkySpace Global, Neosat and Boeing, have between them announced plans to launch over 10,000 low-Earth orbit satellites with some combination of KU-band, KA-band and V-band transponders. The Boeing proposal, for example, is at 50 GHz. Thousands of satellites and tens of gigahertz of uplink and downlink bandwidth will together change the dynamics and delivery economics of the satellite sector. Mr Musk, not a man to be underestimated, believes the SpaceX constellation could deliver 50% of all terrestrial backhaul communications traffic and up to 10% of local internet traffic in high-density cities. This might be considered a pipe dream but we are talking about 10,000 low-Earth orbit satellites with 250-watt K-band transponders with a 3.5 GHz and 3.5 GHz passband with line-of-sight visibility into 2 or 3 kilometer radius cells covering every square metre of the Earth's surface. The LEOs last for 20 years, have a free and renewable electricity supply and do not have to bother with landlords. They are competing with, or hopefully complementing, terrestrial 4G and 5G, which in broad terms in 10 years' time will be supporting about 10 million base stations with 20-watt transceivers, with limited line-of-sight visibility, and at most 250 megahertz of aggregated passband. Most of the power in these 4G and 5G terrestrial networks, particularly networks implemented in the centimetre and millimetre band, will be absorbed by surface scatter. But the story is not just about connectivity. As delivery bandwidth expands, storage bandwidth and server bandwidth expands. In this month's technology topic, we're exploring this technical commercial logic of putting servers in space, the dot com to dot space transition to above the cloud connectivity, and the related implications for 5G and 5G vertical markets. So imagine you are a flat panel phased array antenna sitting in a deck chair staring into space. Depending on your latitude, you will have RF visibility to at least 50 satellites. And this is before those 10,000 Leos arrive in orbit. The smartphone by your side will have RF visibility to at most six cellular sites. It takes 20 minutes for a Leo to travel into space, significantly faster than a truck drop to a cellular site. Having unfurled its antennas, the Leo is ready to go and depending on how it is configured, can stay in space for up to 20 years. Outside the Earth's atmosphere, Solar energy density is 1,350 watts per meter squared. At the Earth's surface it is 1,000 watts per meter squared. It is sunnier in space. It doesn't rain in space. Multi-junction solar panel cells, the type used in space, are now achieving 40% efficiency. So that's 20 years of electricity for free and no rent to pay. Network densification is also easier and less expensive in space. There's more space in space. It is also cold in space, minus 270 degrees Celsius. So there's none of that air conditioning nonsense to worry about. If I want to do some high-frequency trading for my deck chair, I can get to the other side of the world significantly faster over an intersatellite switched LEO constellation. Light travels faster in free space than it does in a fibre-optic cable. Once a fibre optic cable reaches a certain length, about 5,500 kilometres, the free space speed advantage outweighs the round-trip distance, 1,400 kilometres. So let us say my deck chair is on the beach at Bournemouth, a popular UK south coast resort. I can get to Singapore in 120 milliseconds. That is at least 60 milliseconds faster than fibre. Leosat are basing their Leo business model on this time differential. And if I really wanted to speed things up, then the transaction server would not be in Singapore, but in the Constellation. By contrast, if I use my smartphone, my journey to Singapore would be via the local 4G or 5G network, across a microwave link of fibre, cable or copper backhaul, then to Singapore, which could be along a number of possible routes, then into the Singapore network and finally into the Singapore server. This highlights two points. I have no visibility to the end-to-end delay across multiple 4G and 5G mobile broadband and back-all networks. Additionally, I have no control over the latency variability, also known as jitter. Apart from introducing uncertainty into the timing of the trade, it also makes authentication harder to manage. Challenge and response algorithms depend on deterministic round-trip latency and minimal jitter. In comparison, my end-to-end journey over the LEO constellation gives me absolute control of the end-to-end channel. But I also forgot to mention that my deck chair has wheels and an electric motor. It is the mother of all deck chairs. My Leo-based server tells me it is sunnier and less crowded at the other end of the beach. I now have two choices. I can self-navigate myself along the beach using the dead reckoning enabled by the real-time high-accuracy clock pulse coming down from my nearest Leo satellite. Or I can let the Leo drive me. It is probably easier to let the Leo take charge as it knows where all the other debt shares are and knows that my battery is about to go flat, so it can take me to the beach hut recharging point where I can take on some power and the latest software upgrade and buy some santan lotion, a sun hat and an ice cream. This is a trivial example but probably explains why Mr Musk is keen to launch his own Leo satellite network. It will be extremely hard to deliver a totally safe, semi-autonomous or fully autonomous driving or terrestrial travel experience over multiple terrestrial cellular networks. It will be relatively easy to deliver a totally safe, semi-autonomous or fully autonomous driving or travel experience over a LEO network. Mr Musk may also have planned to conquer the mobile deck chair market, probably another $50 billion opportunity. But this highlights a more general point. Server bandwidth on its own does not confer added value. The value comes from the control that accrues from the data held on the server and the algorithms used to mine and manage that data. The Google business model. This is, of course, a blindingly obvious statement, but explains why the cloud becomes apparently for free. There are many stationary moving objects that are already monitored and managed from space. In supply connectivity and management and monitoring systems to 11,000 aircraft. If my debt chair was on a Royal Caribbean cruise ship it would be connected to the internet via the O3B MEO constellation. The constellation is also helping to ensure the cruise ship doesn't crash into other cruise ships all heading towards Bournemouth it's because O3B provides complementary support to the maritime automatic identification system. Caterpillar, John Deere, Komatsu, Volvo Construction those other manufacturers of those massive machines that dig very large holes and crop the wheat fields of America. Are shipped with Orbcom VHF modems for asset tracking and low bandwidth telemetry and telecommander. So all we are describing is an expansion of services that are already well established. Inmarsat started providing mobile satellite service in 1982 and a terrestrial service in 1989. The regime, Globalstar and Orbcom have been providing mobile connectivity for 20 years. These legacy services are based on two-way voice and data transmission rather than cloud connectivity. The combination of more satellites and more bandwidth and more onboard processing power and storage bandwidth significantly changes the market positioning of the satellite industry and brings it closer to emerging 5G business models. OneWeb have stated publicly they are confident they can substantially reduce 5G backhaul costs both in dense urban and deep rural areas and provide more cost effective mobile and fixed broadband geographic coverage for rural connectivity. This includes IoT connectivity and developing market connectivity, where base station electricity is particularly expensive. The proposed merger, or cooperation with Intelsat, that's 20 GSO satellites, including their new EPIC constellation, to create a combined LEO-GSO constellation would be a particularly powerful proposition. SES-03b has a similar combined constellation proposal coupling the O3b, that stands for other 3 billion by the way, MEO satellites to the SES-GSO constellation, a combination which also has many potential performance and cost benefits. Connection to a LEO, particularly to a LEO constellation with hundreds of satellites, will be line of sight more often than a point-to-point-and-point-to-multipoint terrestrial link. This will be particularly advantageous for KU band, KA band, and as part of the advocacy narrative from the satellite industry that the economics of 5G terrestrial broadband are likely to be more favourable in sub-6GHz spectrum, including existing sub-1GHz spectrum, have a look at last month's technology topic on this, and less favourable in the centimetre and millimetre band. Add in the benefits of end-to-end latency control and faster-than-fibre connectivity over transoceanic links and some on-board server bandwidth, and you have a compelling 5G satellite centimetre and millimetre band market proposition. It has always been possible to do some things more efficiently from space. We are now moving to a model where most things can be done faster and more efficiently from space at lower cost, using less energy, all of which is renewable. The race for dot space has started and may happen faster than people realise or expect. You can learn more about these topics by going onto our website, rttonline.com. We're running a 5G and satellite workshop. It's a two-day multi-discipline workshop for engineering, marketing, financial team leaders and regulators, planning, implementing and managing 5G and next-generation satellite networks. That's on our website as well and you can find information on our books that's some um, 5g spectrum standards published by arctic house and going back a bit making telecoms work which is published by john wiley uh, which addresses the technology economics of wireless versus fiber versus cable versus copper and satellite connectivity and the changing business dynamics of the telecommunications industry that's only 66 pounds 50 now that so that's a complete bargain so there we go nice to speak to you again and we look forward to talking to you again next month Thanks.